I'm Victoria, and this podcast is all about running, marathon training, and run coaching. It is packed with useful tips to help you grow as a runner. I am a 13-time Boston qualifier and mom of two who started running as an adult. I learned a lot on my journey, and in 2014, I launched an online run coaching business to help other runners. Now, we employ several run coaches and are one of the largest online run coaching companies. We teach you the secrets to reaching your potential in the sport of running. We give real talk discussing personal stories of injuries, setbacks, and PRs. Think of this as a conversation with serial marathoners who share the lessons that we learned along the way. This is the Run for PRs podcast. How you should feel and pace yourself for every mile of the marathon. We have talked in the past about the importance of effort-based pacing when it comes to coming up with a pacing plan for race day. But it is also important to know roughly what paces you should be running at at various points of the race. But it is also important to know how those paces should feel at various points of the race too because there is always that window of pacing 10 to 15 seconds per mile that you can be between. Today we are doing a little bit of a different style of podcast and we are going to walk you through step by step how you should feel during each part of the marathon. We will be breaking things down almost mile by mile and addressing the different sections of the marathon race into six different parts And we will be discussing mental strategy for each of these parts and tips and tricks to crush each of these parts and to have your best race. So before we dive in, I just want to share that I am a 19 times marathoner and my husband Jason is also a run coach here. He has ran over 10 marathons. We both qualify for Boston and we have taken significant time off of, you know, our first marathon all the way to our marathon PRs. And a lot of marathon success, of course, comes to training, but also it's all about the pacing. So you can be in the best shape possible, but if you go out too fast on race day, or if you don't execute your pacing correctly, then all that training won't be able to be shown on race day. So pacing is argumentatively one of the most important, if not the most important part of marathon training. It's super important to have an understanding of this and to pace yourself correctly. But don't worry, don't stress about it too much. We're gonna give you all of the tips and tools that you need to completely crush your marathon and to execute and to really be able to trust your body and trust your training. So the six different parts of the race, just so you have an idea going in, we're going to be talking about the warm-up. So for the marathon, it's about the first three to four miles. Then we're going to go into the zone out and relax portion of the marathon. And that's going to take you all the way to mile 10 of the marathon, right? So this is a 26.2 mile beast. Um, So the first 10 is really about warming up, zoning out and relaxing. Then miles 10 to 13.1, we're going to do a little bit of an internal observation and also checking in with what's going on around you and your surroundings. Mile 14 to 18 is really that sweet spot of the marathon. Probably the section you're going to feel really confident, good. You have your runners high 
And then we get into the more difficult sections of the marathon, right? The last eight miles are really the hardest part of the marathon. Um, If you have done the rest correctly, uh, you can feel pretty good throughout these last eight miles, but miles 19 to 22 are really the grind, right? Um, And then mile 22 to the finish, it gets to be really gritty. Um, And that's probably the hardest section of the race um, when it comes to mental toughness and all of those things. But each section has its own um, challenges, right? So even the first, I think the warm-up miles can be some of the most mentally challenging miles because you don't always feel great like when that gun goes off and you have a really long ways to sit there with your thoughts and think, wow, you know, this pace, I don't know. And 26 miles seems like a long way. Or, you know, when you're a 5k into the race and knowing that you still have over 23 miles to go, that is mentally daunting. And so sometimes it's those beginning miles that can be some of the the most challenging, right? So we're going to do a deep dive and explain how you should feel during each of these sections. And I will hand it over to Jason to kick things off talking about that warm-up section of the race. Yeah, I always love this first um, kind of first three to four miles of the marathon just because, um, you know, it's it's where you're in the, the thick of things, right, with the people around you. And um, as we're getting in-person races back, it's fun to be in, in, a, in a large crowd, especially um, if you're in a nice area, like a, like a downtown area, and um, you're, you're trying to basically weave through people to find, kind of find your your um, your right pace that you should be running. So kind of the best tips here are just to really ease into it. Um, you want to start behind the pace group you want to run with. And if there's no pace group, just kind of know your pace based on your plan that you've set forth. And um, you want to let your body get into the groove and um, just stay super relaxed. You know, you want your breathing to remain calm and under control. Um, your heart rate is slowly going to kind of increase here as you get into, um, you know, that marathon rhythm. And so it should feel easy and relaxed. Um, you know, obviously you're going to witness a lot of people around you going out way too hard. And I think to avoid that, you can uh, do a couple things. You want to obviously calm yourself, especially in those couple minutes leading up to the race. And you just want to remind yourself of your mantras and, um, and remind yourself again of that pacing plan and kind of use your watch or, you know, any clock on the course or whatever as a guideline to make sure you're not going out too fast. Um, and then as we get to the end of this sort of um, warm-up zone here around mile like four, you're, you know, obviously, and some people are, are going to start drinking water right away. So maybe the first water stops around mile two, you're going to be starting to take your first um, type of fuel as well, whether that be a goo or a shot block, because you're going to be in 30 minutes deep by that point. So um, it's pretty important there to start fueling and to make sure you, um, you know, set yourself up for those first few water stations as you approach them and you you see them in your line of vision that you're kind of veering off to the right side of the road. Yeah, definitely. These first couple miles can be really hard, especially if you're someone that gets nervous before a race and you have that surge of adrenaline going through your body. I know some people probably struggle with this a little bit more than others, right? So I know for me, when I sit at the the beginning of a race, adrenaline is just going crazy, right? So many people around, people are cheering and it's like your mind is moving a hundred miles per hour, but you want your legs to be moving, you know, six, seven, eight miles per hour. And it's really hard to feel like you're barely moving in those first couple miles and your mind can just go to all sorts of places. And I think the biggest tip here is just to relax. You 
you need to be aware going into the race that these first couple miles are going to be challenging in a different way where you're going to have to learn how to relax. And I think some of the things that can help with this are doing some meditation, doing some visualization of what you want that to feel like. So in the weeks and days leading up to the race, I want you to just envision people going out ahead of you, people going really, really fast, but you being really in control, you being very zen, you being the person that's calm and collected and try to allow as many people as possible to pass you. And all these things and visualizing it and how you want to feel um, can really help with how you approach race day. Because if you don't prepare for this section, it's going to be really easy to just ride that adrenaline, go out too fast. And that is where people just really mess up in a marathon is if you go out even five seconds per mile too fast, it can lead to a crash and burn later in the race. So this is a section where the pace doesn't really matter. You want these miles to literally feel like you're not running. Um, it's more of like a warm up, right? So you're not really even in the race yet. Your biggest thing is to do no harm during these miles. And it is actually better to go too slow during this section than to go too fast. And I have made the mistake in marathons where I've gone out too fast and it can easily add on 20 plus minutes to your finish time. Um, whereas I've also had the opposite experience where I've let people blow by me. I've stayed really controlled and it seems like the more controlled, calm and slower I take, take the first four to six miles, the better I feel later in the race. So as we approach maybe mile somewhere between mile five and mile six, really just depending on when that adrenaline kind of starts to wear off, right? When you start to say, okay, I feel like I'm running. I don't feel like I'm, you know, as excited as I was at the beginning of the race. You start to kind of fall into this place where you just want to zone out. You just want to kind of get in the zone and get into the rhythm. And that's going to be all the way up to about mile 10 is where we just want to get into that rhythm. And this is where people can start to mess things up if they, you know, took the first three, four miles easy. And then they say, all right, I'm at mile four. It's time to get zone out and get in the zone. But we really are not going to be changing gears that much. So when I say it's time to, you know, change into getting into the zone on and relax your speed maybe might increase five seconds per mile but it might not increase at all you might just be steady eddie just depending on how those first three to four miles went Um, we're really just hoping that you can be in a more calmer state of mind and be able to zone out Um, picture all of the runs that you did leading up to this on those days those easy miles and that's what you want it to feel like you want it to feel like a pretty calm easy run Don't get caught up in the adrenaline here. Try to kind of suppress that and wait till later in the race. We want to find like a Zen spot. Think of the sort of things that you think of during easy runs and what helps you relax. We do not want to be wasting a lot of energy, um, riding adrenaline, and we definitely do not want to be wasting energy by passing people very aggressively and surging and doing all of those things where, okay, we're going to slow down at the water stop and then we're going to sprint and speed back up. We, We want it to be as consistent, steady, fluid as possible. And during the section, it is super important to also be very aware of 
when you need to be fueling. So this is the most important section, in my opinion, for fueling because your digestive system is going to be able to absorb things a lot easier in the beginning part of the marathon. And this is the fuel that your body can be using later in the race. So you want to get down those fuels, even if you don't feel like you need it, even if you're feeling great, you need to start fueling and you need to be consistent about it during this section. Also stopping at water stops, taking your sips of water, Um, getting through these miles just as effortlessly and as calmly as possible. And so that's going to take you all the way until mile 10. And so if you can get through the first 10 miles of a marathon, staying calm, being consistent with your, your fueling, not doing any surging, not worrying about passing people, letting as many people as possible pass you. And if you do have to pass someone, do it slowly, um, maybe use them as like a little pacing buddy for a second and then slowly pass them. But we don't want to be aggressively changing our speeds. We don't want to skip fueling, none of those things. Um, Then you get to mile 10 and you only have 16 miles to go. And this is where the fun of the marathon, in my opinion, really begins. Because to me, when I'm out there and I said, okay, 16 to go, I can mentally break that up. I feel confident about that. I think about all the 16 mile long runs that I did in training because that's my favorite distance to go for a long run. And it starts to get real and exciting at this point that, hey, we're running a marathon today. We did the first 10 miles correctly and we're ready to crush the next 16. So talk to me about this middle section between 10 and 13.1. Yeah, you mentioned this is an exciting point for you in the race, and I think it's one of my favorite parts of the marathon as well, uh, just because you know you feel you you still feel fairly fresh, and so your mind is so positive, and you're like, okay, this is this is what I've been waiting for, right? This is the point where I finally get to start, um, you know, running my running my marathon pace, and even beyond that pace as you get into later miles. But um, and then obviously you're going to start digging deep and and um, and all that. So. I think this is where we want to observe what's going on around you and kind of assess how you're feeling at this point. Um, you know, anywhere from 16 to a half to go, 16 miles to 13 miles left to go, you're going to start to notice some sort of fatigue maybe in your legs. And so um, you want to assess how you're feeling and think about your pace. And um, this is often where you're going to start to notice people who who maybe went out too fast. They begin to slow down and they're already, they're already dropping like flies. So um you may find that you're passing people or running stronger than the people around you. And so you really want to look within yourself and ask how you're feeling at this point. And can you maintain this pace for another half marathon or even beyond that? So um, it's a time to adjust your pace, kind of dial in. Maybe you need to slow up slightly for a few more miles, um, or maybe you're, you're feeling great and you can just kind of continue to um, stay where you're at, but you don't really want to start clipping away too much yet. Um, you want to come through the half feeling really good, Um, and almost telling yourself like, oh, I just, you know, in your mind, you want to feel like you only ran about three to four miles, um, because you know, you have to run another half marathon. Right. And so that's kind of how I break the race down. And I tell myself, um, I've had some races where I feel so good at mile 10. And then all of a sudden by mile 13, I'm like questioning, how can I continue this for another half? Um, but it's normal, I think to, to go through these rough patches during the race. And so, um, I think the point, the part that it's really going to matter most is, is the next part, the sweet spot when we get to that. Um, but just know that this is the time for you to make your adjustment, I think. Um, and it's okay to slow down a little bit here. And that doesn't mean your race is um, not going to end out the way you want. It just means you might need to reassess, slow down. And maybe because you did that, you're going to feel better later on. And so um, it's really about thinking about how you want to execute the second half of the race. And you want to 
continue to visualize yourself um, running strong and do what you need to do now to prep for the last half. Yeah, this is an interesting section, like you were saying, how you can feel really good at mile 10, and then by mile 13, things start to kind of go, whoa, well, maybe I didn't feel as good as I thought I did at mile 10. Um, this is a section where you're going to start to feel some of the fatigue, um, and that's normal, and that's just part of the marathon, right? And I think that can be kind of like a scary feeling to know that you're at mile 12 or 13 and that you still have 13 to 14 miles to go but that's totally normal. That's how you want to feel. You trained for this, like you're ready for this. Thinking of all of the long runs that you did on tired legs and all of the accumulated fatigue um, that you carried for a lot of those long runs during training cycle, your body's ready. um, And it's just your mind. You really have to silence, but it is also important to really check in and and be honest with yourself. Like, did you go out too fast during the beginning? Um, And if you did, you might need to make some adjustments here so that you can feel stronger the second half of the race. But if you really did those first 10 miles, very um, calm and controlled, and you really executed the pacing and kept it um, really feeling easy and effortless there for a while, What you might start to notice, and this is kind of what starts to excite me a little bit, is that some people are starting to slow down and you might actually pass your first person through this section if you pace correctly. Um, Because a lot of people in a marathon, you know, it's a learning experience and maybe they don't go in with the right pacing plan or they just don't know. And so if you are executing um, a negative split pacing plan, which is what we're gearing you up for, where you run the second half faster than the first half, then this is where you will really start to see, okay, I'm actually, you know, making some ground. Maybe I'm passing a person or two. Um, Maybe no one's passing me anymore. Maybe the first 10 miles, everyone was passing me and now I'm not getting passed. These are things that start to boost your confidence. um, And that can, can be really good going into the second half of the race, but you also want to be honest and check in with yourself and say, Hey, you know, I might be having a little confidence boost here because I'm not getting passed as frequently and I'm starting to pass some people, but can I maintain this pace for 13.1? Check in with yourself and really be honest throughout this section here. And then as we cross over the halfway points, you always want to check in and say, can I double this and go even faster? And if you are like, yeah, I'm pretty sure, or yeah, I think so, um, you're you're on on track. But if you go, oh no, definitely not. That's where we want to start to make some adjustments and maybe dial back a little bit, um, just depending on how you feel. So miles 14 through 18 is the sweet spot of the marathon. We are over halfway there. We want to be able to run that second half faster than the first half. This means slightly picking up the effort sometime during the second half. And we do not want it to be too soon, right? So as soon as you cross the half, it's not time to like switch gears into a different mode. Definitely not. We just are maybe picking it up one second per mile faster, two seconds per mile faster. And you might not even do that until mile 16, 17, 18, just depending on the course that you're running, just depending on how you're feeling. Um, We are not drastically shifting gears at this point. You still have a lot of race left to go. Um, Think about being in control Uh, but also running very strong here. You will naturally start to be passing a lot of people in this section if you were smart during the first half of the race. And this will be a big confidence booster to you during this section. But it's very important to not let that get to your head and don't shift into like crazy 
speed up zone. Don't try to surge past people. Don't waste too much energy. My thing, whenever I am passing someone in a race, um, I always try to like run next to them for a little bit and see maybe if they're going to match your pace. And then I will slowly pass them. And I think that's the best way to do it instead of, you know, quickly going around them and, and surging and then and cutting back in front of them. We just want to avoid too rapid of movements in our direction. And then also you don't ever really want to be surging. So stay within your pace range, keep it natural, keep it flowing. Um, and then just getting excited for the, the second half of the race. Yeah, to me, the sweet spot is kind of the most fun, but it's also, it can be the most dangerous because like you said, if you start picking it up too much, um, it can make things really difficult as you get into the grind stages of miles 19 through 22. So you just want to kind of slowly start pressing down the pedal um, ever so slightly, and it's even fine to maintain your marathon pace here. And um, I, you know, I've, I also think that the, the sweet spot is a time for you to um, kind of start thinking about how are you going to fuel for the next like couple miles? Because for me, I always try to, um, you know, take in a little bit extra right here. Cause I notice I'm starting to feel certain things happen throughout my body, especially as I get into the grinding stages of miles 19 through 22. This is really where you might start to feel, um, hot spots start to form in your feet or like you might have like a blister coming on, or maybe you're chafing more than you notice a chafing or just your quad or something is starting to feel um, some sort of tightness. And so this is where you're going to start grinding through. And so mentally, as you feel these, um, these, you know, or these um, signals of pain, I guess you could say throughout your body, this is where you really need to start digging deep and just grind through it. And so it's going to get hard. Um, you know, you want to think about, obviously, if you're at mile 19, you still have over a 10k to go. So you want to think about your pace and think about what, what is a realistic pace that you can maintain for over six more miles. Um, but this is what it's about here. And this is what you've trained for. And it's part of the marathon that um, you show up to do and you got to race this part. This is this is where you're going to dig deep. And um, it's the hardest part of the race by far. Um, you know, you're thinking about a lot of courses, this is maybe where, you know, the hills are at Boston, for example. And so a lot of times there might be um, less crowd support at this at this stage of the race too. So that's something to think about. You might find yourself kind of strung out alone as the race has started to separate and um, you're kind of maybe, you know, five, six miles out from the finish area. So there might not be a lot of spectators at this point. So just think about that. Um, it's so important that you, you remember your mantras here because there's no room for negative energy. Um, you have to push through all those negative thoughts, focus on running strong, keeping your body sound and being mentally tough. Yeah, definitely. There can be some challenging parts during this section and dark moments for sure. And even like reflecting back on every marathon I've ever done and even the negative splits and the PRs and everything, uh, definitely during those last eight to six miles of the race, it, there's always points of doubt, like where you're just like, what is going on? Um, and that's the thing is, what are you going to do with those thoughts? Because they're going to come. You're going to have either, wow, my legs really hurt or like, wow, this is really painful or like, wow, like, I don't know how I can possibly go five more miles. Um, and we're not trying to like say, oh, you're, you, this is what's going to happen to you. It's just like you might encounter those thoughts and some people might have a lot more than others. And I think the biggest thing you can do throughout the section is just to understand that like everyone around you is having those thoughts. It's totally normal. And you just have to really push through. And that's why I think a lot of people are drawn to the marathon distance because it's about pushing through, seeing how 
like far you can push your body outside of your comfort zone, right? Um, it's no longer going to be comfortable in these final miles and you're just going to really have to dig deep and get to a place where you are mentally able to continue to push. And I think what you'll find is if you don't listen to those thoughts and you continue pushing hard, you can dig deeper into the well than you ever thought possible. And that's just a really important thing to remember in those miles is that Everyone deals with the negative thoughts. Um, there's nothing wrong with you if you reach mile 19 and you don't feel good because I know a lot of people say, oh, like you want the last six miles to be your strongest and your fastest. And as when I was a newer marathoner, I was like, how is that even possible? I can barely like, I feel like I can barely move during the last um, 10K. But it's it's more about mental, right? So you want to you wanna be able to dig mentally the the hardest you can during those last six miles. And even if you're not running faster than you did during, you know, the first six miles, that's okay. Don't beat yourself up over it because the more negative you go, the harder it's going to be to push yourself. So stay positive, stay on point. I always, um, during this section, well, later in the section, I'll kind of start counting down how many miles or like how many minutes left and reflect on, okay, in a regular training week, like this would have been an easy day. Like I can do this. Like this is the easy part. Like you can do an easy 40 minutes. You can do a 30 minute tempo. Like you've done it a million times in your sleep. Like let's go. Right. So that's when we get to the gritty section of the race, right? Where we are just trying to put one foot in front of the other. We are just grinding to get to that finish line. And it gets to be really gritty. Like it's about who can just grit their teeth, get there and just get things done. And that's miles 20 to the finish line. Those final four miles just plain suck. I mean, no matter if you're having the race of your life and you're, you're on track for a huge PR, there is still so much pain going on in your body. And the difference between the person that is, looks like they're on fire and they have like this huge PR going for them is the, the hormones that are going on in their body. They're riding adrenaline. They're riding a high. And so they don't feel the pain as much, right? They're going to feel it after. They maybe feel it a little bit, but because they're so positive and the energy is there, they don't feel it as much because our bodies can like produce these hormones, you know, endorphins, runner's high, all of those things that can make you feel like you can't feel the pain in the moment. And if you're someone who's maybe not having a great race or you're in this really negative headspace, you might be just having this cortisol and just having really bad thoughts going on and your body starts kind of shutting down. You feel pain even more. It's more exaggerated and you're not getting all those hormones that kind of like block all that out. So I think this is why the positive thinking throughout the entire race and before going into the race is super important. You want to be riding those positive hormones so that you don't feel the pain as much during those final miles. And this is where not beating yourself up over time goals is really important. Um, This is where maybe you're going to switch the setting on your watch. So all you can see is like the clock or like literally what time of day it is. Or maybe you just don't look at your watch at all. Um, For me, I will always just think, okay, you know, every mile marker that ticks by. So like, let's say you're at mile 23. I'm like, okay, you literally have like a 5k. I'm like, that's easy, right? Like 
you can do 5k you can do it and then like I'll always look for what's the next mile marker I stop looking at my watch because I don't want to beat myself up if you know maybe the pace is slipping you don't need that negative energy in your life you just need to be as focused as possible and as positive as possible in those last four miles and do not let any sort of negative energy into your headspace because it's already a really difficult thing that you're doing and having like these these thoughts and like judgment based on like how your performance is going is not what you need during during this section so continue sending positive thoughts to yourself and fight through any um sort of of pain or negative energy that's coming through. It takes a lot of grit to tackle these last few miles with confidence and power. You can totally do this. Do not stop until you get to the finish line and give it everything that you have. Yeah, very well said. And, you know, for me, this is kind of the, when I read the gritty at first, I was thinking of the nutty because you start to think like, am I just crazy for doing this? Like, am I going to like damage myself? Because that's sometimes how you feel. But just remember, like, once you are in that finishing corral area, how just how overwhelmed you're going to be with emotion and you're going to be so proud of your accomplishment. And so that's kind of what I focus on. Um, for me, if I'm if my goal is just to kind of finish and I'm not really there for a time or um, I, you know, my time goal might be kind of out the window. I, I'm following what Victoria said. I'm not looking at my watch at all. I'm just going to put one foot in front of the other. Um, another way for me to kind of get through this section faster is to think about like, oh, if I can just average this pace. Um, for these final three miles, I can hit this time. And so that to me sometimes helps me get through it faster and helps me kind of continue to strive towards that goal. And so kind of depending on, you know, the assessment of yourself, your pace, your time goal, all that, you know, you can make that decision if you want to look at your watch, but um, it is just about finishing. And I just keep thinking about what am I going to do? Like, 20 minutes, 30 minutes after I finish, I'm going to be eating anything I can get my hands on. I'm going to be hydrating. I'm going to be probably trying to get a massage or at least just um, trying to circulate some blood flow. Um, so that's, it's the most exciting time uh, to cross that finish line. And so just trying to, uh, like you almost go into the zone out method again, where you just try to focus on something else so that you can block out the pain that you're feeling. Yeah, definitely. And I love how you talked about sometimes the watch can actually be motivating. And so it just really depends on like what you're saying to yourself when you look at that watch, right? So if it's going to be like judgment, like, oh my gosh, you're slowing down, don't look at it. But if you're like on pace for a time goal, it can actually be like a huge motivating force to, to look at your watch and go, wow, like, okay, I just need to average this and I'm going to run X. Um, for me, like towards the end, like my math just starts to go out the window. And this is coming from someone that's you know, a former accountant, like I am pretty good at mental math, but like even at the end, I'm like, I start to wonder, like, am I doing this correctly? You're a little like delirious. You're not a hundred percent on, on what's going on. But I also liked how you brought up like, what is happening? Am I really this crazy? Am I doing, is this normal, right? Like you're actually afraid of damage being done to your body. And I think that's, that's kind of normal at the end of a marathon, right? Like it's, it's pretty intense. Um, and there are those moments where you're like, geez, like this is really, this is really intense. Um, and I, I'm a little, maybe a little bit concerned here. And I know like my first marathon, I actually was in complete disbelief as to what I was feeling, um, at mile, you know, 20, because 
I think this is why. I went into the marathon thinking, okay, like after the taper and if I'm fueling, um, I won't hit the wall. Like it'll be perfect. I'll feel good. I, I thought that, you know, you can feel good. The last 10K, they say the race doesn't start until mile 20. And you just hear all these things and you think that something magical is going to happen. And you're like, all right, like I'm going to have this extra jet fuel, like this taper, everything is just going to lead to this point where at mile 20, I'm going to feel good. And like, it's not possible for me to hit the wall because I paced all right and I fueled and everything, but I wasn't prepared for like what it was actually going to feel like. Like it's going to be intense and you might have moments where you're like, is this normal? Like, is my body like going to break? And, uh, that that's totally normal. Right. And I wish I would have maybe known that going into my first marathon, um, or just even subsequent marathons, but it's, it's not anything too intense. Your body can repair and recover itself. And it's just a kind of a testament to how amazing the human body is that it's able to go through, um, that sort of activity and you to feel that, that bad and, and still be able to finish. But I also think, you know, after giving, giving birth, uh, naturally without any pain meds, it, yeah. Like if I would have given birth before my first marathon, I would definitely be like, okay, like I know I'm not dying, but it just depends on like everyone's pain tolerance. Right. So I think my first marathon, I maybe had never really experienced anything, um, that intense physically before. Uh, but it's, it's nothing like too scary at all so Jason what what do you what do you think about how you feel the last uh 10k of the marathon um for first time or just subsequent times how would you describe it for someone that maybe just doesn't really know what to expect yeah I mean the first time for sure you're questioning like am I gonna do damage like how long am I not gonna be able to run for after this and you know at that point you shouldn't don't worry about it because your body's going to go into full repair mode when you're done and you will, um, yeah, you're going to be sore for a few days, but, um, hopefully, you know, if you, um, you train smart and you're strong, you're doing incorporating strength training, your body's going to bounce back. So I try not to worry about that too much, uh, with subsequent marathons. It's more just, uh, I guess just trying to get through it and knowing, um, how rewarding it is and just remembering that feeling of accomplishment and, um, you know, a lot of times when we especially travel the marathons, it's, it's just fun to kind of explore the area after, or, um, you know, enjoy, enjoy some social, uh, social time with some friends that you met up with or family members that came to spectate. And so I think for me, it's more about the entire experience. It's not just about running the race. Uh, and that's why I don't, um, put too much uh, pressure on myself to hit a time goal, especially in the marathon distance, because it's, it's a long race. And, um, you know, there's a lot of opportunities for things to go wrong. And so you want to make sure that you're okay with kind of a wide range of, of a finishing time, just because there are a lot of unknown factors. And so, um, yeah, I guess that's kind of my take on the marathon. And it's been a few years now since I've done one, but kind of doing this podcast has sort of gotten me excited thinking about it all over again. Definitely. And I think going into my first marathon, you know, I respected the distance and that I knew I had to train for it. You know, I knew I had to do long runs, but I didn't quite understand, um, like the magnitude of what that meant in terms of like the mental and physical aspects of like what goes on during the last 10 K of a marathon. So most races it's like, yeah, you pace, um, you, you have to be mentally tough, all of those things, but 
when you're in a marathon, it, it's just so like, it's so different. And I don't even really know how to explain it without like someone experiencing it is that it's, it has like that extra edge and it's a little bit more intense. Um, but it's something that like everyone can do. And, and it's really cool to, to watch the finish line of a marathon and just see like the different people, the different bodies, the different finish times. And like, everyone's out there doing it. So many people do these things. And I think the communal aspect of it, of knowing that like you're suffering with other people and that everyone else is experiencing you know, very similar things to what you're experiencing is what makes the marathon really cool. And it it is one of those feelings that even now describing it, it's like, it almost makes you want to go back because it's like one of those moments that you're digging really deep and it's like almost the mind and body kind of like transcend like space and time. And you're in this little weird space where you really have to dig super deep. And there's not really a lot of other times in life where you're forced to really be like, present in the moment so much and to be just in tune with your body and digging through pain like that. Um, it's, it's really cool. And so that's why I think I would have liked to know that going into the marathon, just, just, um, how it's not all about just, you can't like wish your way through it, right? Like it's not about just, Oh, trust your training. You'll be fine. Or like if you train well, like you won't hit the wall and you'll feel really good. The last 10 K of a marathon. Um, those are some things that I, you know, once heard once upon a time, but for me, I think it's more about expect it to, to hurt at some point and to know that that's kind of where like the glory of the marathon is. It's in those tough moments, in those tough miles where you're forced to dig deep. And a lot of people will ask like, what keeps you coming back? Like, why did you run, you know, 16 marathons in, in three years? And why do you keep signing up for them? And it's like, well, you sign up literally for that part. Like you sign up obviously for training, but I think there's that allure of how am I going to feel the last 10K? Like, how can I, I push and like where, how can I get to that really deep spot deep within my brain where I can just push through a different level of pain? And you never really know what's going to show up um, those last, those last uh, six miles in the marathon. And that's the fun part is seeing kind of what, what you can push through and you always finish the marathon, like learning something about yourself and like becoming a better version of you. And it's definitely character building for sure. And it's a super exciting time. And I think it's something that a lot of people can get nervous because they know like the anticipation of the pain coming and all of these things. But it's also important just to kind of be calm and to be Zen because that's really what gets you through to the end and thinking positively and doing a lot of mental training work can be huge leading up to that. So I know we've chatted a lot about pacing and just like this final portion of the marathon. So do you have any final tips for people who are thinking of their pacing plan and just thinking of goals um, leading into their races? Because I know this is a lot about pacing, but also there can just be different goals involved with that. So do you have any final words with your marathoning wisdom? I guess, uh, you know, it goes back to the time and don't put a, t- don't put a huge time pressure goal um, and, and focus on a kind of a negative split race and more of a, a positive experience. That should be the top goal, right? Because if you can have a positive experience, you're taking and you're learning from that experience and it's going to make you that much um, stronger and more well-equipped to handle um, a, a better or faster time goal in the future. Because marathoning is definitely something that it can take a number of marathons to really start to, um, you know, reach your potential. And um, if it's your first marathon, just kind of go into it and, uh, learn to um, just appreciate the training and reflect back on on your journey and kind of what is the purpose for you doing this. Again, setting the time goal sometimes is is a good motivator at, in theory, but we want to just focus on 
kind of how, to, how we're going to feel throughout the race. And I think if you can do that, you're going to set yourself up for a better performance. Yeah, definitely. Time goals. They can be a little tricky because a lot of people really like those round numbers. I know like a sub 330 or like eight minute pace, 730 pace, sub 320. Like a lot of people just set these arbitrary like time goals that, you know, maybe you would run your perfect race if you ran like 321.09, but instead you're trying to gun for like 319, like 50. And, um, you know, the couple seconds per mile there, they might make or break your race, right? So if you go out too fast, we never want that to happen. We would rather have people have like a positive racing experience kind of letting the time fall where it should and going off of the paces that you trained with. Um, So you kind of know what sort of shape you're in. Don't try to stretch yourself beyond a level that you're comfortable with um, if you're not feeling it 100%, right? It's better to have the race of your life and run a 321 than to crash and burn because you tried to run a 319 and you ended up running like a 325. Um, It's always better to go after the positive racing experience and to put yourself in a place where you're pacing appropriately and correctly for the best outcome and success on race day. So I hope that this was helpful. And of course, if anyone has any sort of questions or wants to have like a more specific pacing plan, because I know this more talked about how you should feel and breaking it apart. But if you want something that's really specific, mile by mile, what sort of paces you should be hitting each mile, check us out on Instagram because we're going to be sharing a little bit about that. But also, let's just say you went through your whole training cycle without a coach and you want to know what sort of shape I'm in, right? We do that here. So at Run for PRs, we do consultations. We can do um, even just like a tapered training for you or we can even just do a pacing plan. If these are something you're interested in, we'd love to chat with you. We'd love to look at your training. We'd love to get you set up with the confidence and the plan and the pacing plan that you need to feel good and execute based on your training on race day. So if that's something you're interested in, you can fill out the form on our website, www.runforprs.com, and you can chat with a coach today about all things running and get you into the best possible mental space and physical space for your race day coming up. Again, that's www.runforprs.com. Fill out the form there and we can get you set up with whatever you need to execute on race day. So thanks for tuning in.